0: Here, yeah. all right, a little intro. So, uh, hark and welcome to the trial and error podcast. I'm your host, Aaron, with me today, Chris Hayes, Sir, Pleasure, welcome man. to the platform. Strong <laughs> handshake, dude. I gotta give that a 10.
1: You know, who do you know, uh, Andrew Gonzalez? Andrew Gonzalez, yeah, he w- graduated in 2012. I think so, yeah. So, Sa- Sammy's brother, Sammy's older brother, yeah, okay. just
0: solid like handshake. It's it's strong, but it's not like It's not trying to be in your face it's Mm -hmm. not like right here that's like that's a something that uh say a father say who you're whoever you're dating that's something like it's
1: like okay this is a good guy he's got solid firm handshake I've always gotten some firm compliments on it for sure but uh I did mess a dude's hand up once did you (laughs) I was expecting a lot more out of him like Mm -hmm. like, really manly dude big guy yeah I popped I just like popped his knuckle and he was like are you doing that hard yeah i was like i'm gonna squeeze it as hard as i can dude because you're expecting something big or was he like a fish what like was he like, like just man. just nothing like where
0: somebody just doesn't give you anything no, in return I
1: squeeze i just like was like all right you look like you you lift some steel you, you can take probably it probably deadlift 400 so i was expecting a challenge you know
0: nothing well you also like you can't can't wither away in case somebody does give you something hard but Worse than it's like a finger grabber. Oh, yeah. Like, even, it, and it's just, it's so awkward. It's just like, I, I can't, I can't refer.
1: Ones, you know, you gotta redo them. I'm like, no, we've been doing
0: that. Do you take a moment to step? Hey, let's get it, let's get a real one in there. Just kind of call it out.
1: You gotta get that webbing in there, you know? I like that. Just so like, cross arm and then you ooh, get that firmness there. Very good.
0: Nice squeeze. You go a couple shakes or just like one. mm.
1: Couple shakes. Couple shakes. Yeah, good. Yeah.
0: Got to know the person a little bit first before you start getting getting weird with it.
1: I don't know. I might not let go first though. It's
0: <laughs> a, oh, in case they're they're say like it's a friend and you're just getting weird, just staring at them. Oh yeah. Just getting. Do you ever uh, go for the Hercules hand Just a solid. Oh yeah. Forearm class. All the time. Somebody's like in college. It would it would hurt like hell, but just going as hard as you can and just getting that f- slap of flesh. Just your arms burning red afterwards. Mm -hmm. But it felt real, felt good. But that's just, uh, we've come a long way since the forearm clasp. We need to bring it back though, but but today, unfortunately we're not talking about handshakes, but it is a good topic though. It's important. Grip strength is important. Grip strength, um, it's, uh, it's important in so many aspects of sports because i want to get into sports psychology you're the head coach of the whs track and field team Mm -hmm. is this your first year doing it as head coach second year second year as head coach
1: i coached the jv football team too so it's two years for both
0: so how is that experience like going back did you play football and everything in Mm -hmm. in high school yeah was it hard like coming back and not like getting on the field to to play because i just it's hard to go back and watch friday night lights because i'm such a has-been just like i want to play so bad oh man it's
1: tough i uh Yeah, you always have like those butterflies and those feels like every guy probably feels that after leaving the Friday Night Lights scene. You know, just like, damn, you feel everything and you always will think. Put this a little closer. No, you're good, you're good. So they always like tell you you'll want to go back and do things over. Like Mm -hmm. you don't really listen to that when you're that young and then afterwards you're like, oh yeah. I would have done so much more absolutely I love coaching it's so fun I have a good connection with all the kids I'm young so like I'm 24 I was gonna so say you're they relate to that a <laughs> yeah, lot you speak the language I run routes and I teach it so that's like what I do on the side so they actually see me do it I'm not like sitting on a chair and mm-hmm. walking as I'm telling them to sprint like I do a lot of stuff with them. I try to, like, juke them out at practice. It's I'd, such a fun time.
0: I'd say you're probably more athletic than the majority of the team from out, outside looking in. Like, no you still doubt. got lead in your pencil, speed, high no tra- your doubt. personal uh, personal trainer, too. I've I'm, seen you out there on the on the track. Just I'm still faster than every woodwork. single one of them. So like, it's, always,
1: it's always good to, like, really push them. And, like, I always tell them, like, dude, I'm 24. So, like, you know, that, that's not, like, to rub it in you. It's just, like, it really pushes you, though. Mm-hmm. You have know, someone that can run, like, a four... Five, four, six, four, seven. And they're like Not quite there yet. So they'd get to know what it feels like.
0: I'd want to go in and do a, like a combine <laughs> j- just to see where I'm at. Like run the 40, do the, the shuttle drill. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have like breakout speed, but some quick footedness. Like those are always
1: my favorite kind of drills. I love it. And Combine's then, a fun time for me. That just happened.
0: Did you do it? No, no. Uh, or just, just watching the athletes? I,
1: we did like some mock combine like at the high school and it's like hand time 40s, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So some things are actually accurate, like the med ball throw, the broad jump, the vertical jump. But when you hand time a 40, it's going to make a lot of people feel good. Yeah. They're going to feel faster. So like, That
0: track, that new newly done rubber track, just, that's a game changer. Cause it's, I just remember when it was all dirt, which was classy, winters. <laughs> but that rubber track is it's it's freaking awesome
1: it really is like the in our league the nicest track like when you go and step on them it has the most bounce it's been kind of the least used mm-hmm. so uh yeah that old dirt track people would ride their bikes on it stuff like that so that would always create indents it was never even super hard and it was actually i thought it was bad when it was hard and dry cause mm-hmm. you got shin splints but honestly it's even worse when it rains like when we had a really big um what is it el nino el
0: nino el nino yes but shuttleworth would not cancel track either no no practice would never be canceled i just knew like even if the dam broke you guys would slosh through the water mm-hmm. i just knew like that's why it kind of surprised me that your track meet was canceled the other day all right I was like rain doesn't stop track
1: it was because it was up in paradise and there was going to be expectations of lightning otherwise they, uh, they'll keep it going all right i got you yeah but yeah, that that old track was tough. But when it rained, like it, it was so hard to run on it without ruining shoes. So we mm-hmm. had one year when I helped with coaching in track and Jules Demay was the mm-hmm. head coach, like it was so hard to get any practices on the track. Majority was in the gym or the weight room.
0: Yeah, so. I mean still like core strength, body strength, all that definitely plays a part. I think like in overall speed and just track. When I when I think about it, it's kind of the og form of athleticism who's the fastest who can jump the highest who can Mm -hmm. jump the furthest who can throw the big the big rock the furthest it's it's like
1: classic athleticism i had a lot of kids join this year that just didn't know what track was they just thought like you go out there and run miles and that's like cross country but i'm like no there's various sprints there's various distances. there's jumps and there's rowing like you can diversify it a lot Mm -hmm. i think if there's any athlete that doesn't do a spring sport they should do track Mm -hmm. like especially when you look at the the big advantage that people get on speed training because i know for a fact all of my football players that don't do track right now which isn't a lot uh, they're not doing anything over a 40-yard sprint in the off-season. Like, they're probably not going to go out in the field and do sprints because they just don't think of it as training. Mm-hmm. They just think if you're fast, you're fast, whatever. Or some of them think you can just squat and get fast. But, you know, the, these kids now doing workouts where it's like 400s, 300s, 200s at a full sprint, They, you notice such a drastic difference when you go back to football conditioning oh, after for sure. doing speed training like that. Because when you have to do repeat fifty-yard sprints, that's like, that's just a, like a light day for track. Mm-hmm. For football, that's hell. But
0: <laughs> it's it's just such different types of athleticism. Where like say a distance runner, you look at them, they're a little scrawny, but their endurance is just insane. But sprinters are just muscle-bound. Fibers are just popping out of their skin. <laughs> yeah. And it's just cool to see. Just yes, all under the track umbrella, but so many different flavors of it. And mm. football. Ward one time had us. Uh, do Swimming, it was funny watching Dylan A. Just shout out to Dylan A. Just <laughs> drowning the guy, but just full of muscle. But it's just so hard to take guys who are just land creatures and toss them in the water for that different type. You're just have you ever swam, done swim team, or anything like that? Yeah,
1: my mom was a college swimmer, so it was like no shit. I had to go into it. Yeah, that's
0: that might be the all due respect to the track and field swimming was probably the hardest kind of conditioning because you you can only breathe so much and if you're tired you're either on the lane line you get yelled at or you drown and Mm -hmm. it's just a wild form of uh just conditioning i'd say
1: you need a lot of aerobic endurance and you know it's actually interesting that like some swimmers don't actually have a super high lung capacity Mm -hmm. because of all the sports in the olympics um you'll notice that a lot of the athletes have a commonality in their sort of like their nasal structure and their facial structure and what would you say that is like wider nostrils and a wider uh, frame up here where the sinus cavities are it's Mm. not as elongated which is what's more common now with mouth breathing (gasps) like this we lengthen our face as opposed to widening it like Mm -hmm. we should um and those are but like with swimmers they have to mouth breathe you can't really nose breathe in between breaststroke (laughs) butterfly freestyle you never see a (sighs) It's just snort boring, dude. <laughs>
0: or you get like water just a random wave just you just take it, swallow it, and then you're just drowning while trying to it's just it's miserable at times, but
1: And they have to breathe I a know. lot too. So their breathing is just so different from any other athlete where like a sprinter mm-hmm. you ideally you wanna the the keys with breathing is you wanna mainly breathe through your nose and you wanna breathe out slower and you wanna breathe less. You don't actually wanna breathe more. So like a swimmer, sometimes they they just have to constantly bring in more for holding their breath and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Some people might not take the breath and just go a few strokes without, like on a butterfly. They may not actually take a breath every stroke. Mm -hmm. They might go three or four without taking a breath because it just wastes time and they're trying to knock off milliseconds. It's it's
0: less drag and, I don't know, to have a big lung capacity would be great, but does that, does breathing more take more energy to do so, especially like if you're sprinting?
1: or is it just ultimately like you just don't actually absorb oxygen when you breathe in you absorb it when you breathe out it's the CO2 that helps offload it and get it into the actual tissues so if someone just keeps doing this they're not actually uh, absorbing it it's just kind of overfilling there's hyperoxidation there's just too much oxygen we get lightheaded things like that is that bad for us? I've asked different people because we're going to get into Wim Hof of just
0: that kind of aggressive breathing technique where you do feel lightheaded, is that saturating yourself with oxygen or is it you're depriving yourself of it?
1: So in that sense, um, you'll notice that at the end of it, there's a long haul where you have no air in your body mm-hmm. and that's when you're holding it. So you are bringing a lot of oxygen into the body and it's not necessarily like they are forcing out air. So like if somebody starts exhaling faster, that's when they're absorbing less total oxygen and it gets overwhelming. Mm-hmm. In Wim Hof, it's like, <sighs> you don't force it, you just let go and he'll say that a lot in his videos. Mm-hmm. So if you do it like that, you're not forcing it, which would end up being hyperventilation, excessive, more breathing than needed. Mm-hmm. It's It could be good. Um, I've played with it a lot of different ways. Like for me, clearly that's the type of style you would do you bring in a lot of oxygen it gets into your lung tissue and even your muscle tissue and then when you just hold it out you're able to go a lot longer i mean the first time i ever did that i was already usually able to hold my breath for a minute Mm -hmm. i did that for about 75 seconds no problem and i just kind of stopped i wanted to keep going and then the second round i think i went like 90. And then I got close to a hundred seconds on the third round, just the first time trying it with a good kind of uh, base of endurance. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's valuable for people because like, obviously if we can go comfortably without having to gasp air back in like that, Mm -hmm. it can pay off. So I think that it's something sprinters could do before going into a race, doing a few rounds of Wim Hof, build up some more oxygen in the tissue and just get a good little buzz going and then go out there and kill it.
0: That'd be a like, solid intimidation factor just your athletes just laying down, just <laughs> going hard and like right before like, all right, let's go, just kind of. Especially if you, you add
1: in the eye exercises where you're like looking at the third eye, you know, it's like. <laughs>
0: it's just like have their eyes rolled back <laughs> in their head. It's like, oh shit. But, uh, the triviest thing is I've only ever done, I've only ever done one round of Wim Hof. It's just, maybe before bed just to relax, but the, Trippiest thing, at least for me, is how long you can sit after he's just, just stop. He has such a comforting voice, too. Oh, yeah. You're just laying there, and I don't feel the need to breathe. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I could sit there, and I've heard him talk about it. You can go minutes at a time where you don't even need to breathe. Is that just because there's so much oxygen still flowing in, like, your blood, and you're able to Exactly. It's Exactly. Right?
1: It's just, like, there's enough residual oxygen that it can just last longer. And if you can stay exactly. calm, you burn less oxygen. You use less energy, so it kind of helps it. It's important to never be forceful with it. Like when you're ready to breathe in, breathe in right away. Mm -hmm. Um, Most important thing I think with doing that or any breathing exercise is make sure people don't do it when driving. Don't do it. Don't don't do it near a body of water. (laughs) And even if you're standing like by a pool, uh, sitting by a pool uh, in a bathtub, especially saunas, I wouldn't do it either. Just anything where if you pass out, you risk drowning or falling off a ledge, for example. Um, there have been people that have passed away from things like that. That sucks. And, uh, yeah. So, rest in peace to all those people that experienced that. They're probably trying to just better themselves and, you know, that happened. Just a
0: fatal mistake that you're unable to learn from. mm -hmm. That definitely sucks. And, um, it's, uh, what you said about, I know this is a little bit of a diversion from what we're talking about, but staying calm burns less oxygen. That's huge, uh, deep sea divers or free divers Mm divers of just say there's a shark or like whatever you're not sure which way is up staying calm literally saves your life uh-huh. so you can make it or there's like belts now they can like inflate or something but keeping your cool beyond just being underwater can definitely yeah. uh, i feel like that's it's good to have your shit together so to speak
1: calm is better than anything i just than anything in life too like really there's no need for uh being like um i guess what would you say tense um uh, mm-hmm anxiety in a moment like trying just trying to calm it down is always going to be better you'll be more productive will flow better um it's hard when you got oxygen
0: going through your veins so you're about to do your 100 yard dash or just one one lap sprint or something like that and you're just
1: amped up ready to go i mean i have done it before sprinting and i think doing like that and even just regular diaphragmatic slow breathing is good but doing specifically one or two rounds of wim hof before sprinting i notice immediate improvements in how well I can handle it. Mm-hmm.
0: Is this like breathing? Are, are these uh, lessons you're teaching your, your, uh, what are track athletes, players, yeah. track, th- athletes, track, track yeah. athletes. So it's like, what kind of lessons are you teaching them, trying to calm them? Cause you're kind of like, my dad was a basketball coach for about 25 years or so. Mm-hmm. And you're something of a mentor as well. You're not just a coach. You're there for them at this pivotal point in their life. Teenagers, high school. Uh, what kind of, I don't know, what have you brought to the table for the track and field team?
1: Uh, Well, breathing is something I talk about all the time. Um, There is a Chinese proverb that is like one of my favorites. The breath is the bridge between mind and body. Um, And when I I think of that, that. I got a good visual too. You know, like when I first read that, it's like, okay, bridges come in all sorts of forms. You know, we have our old train bridge that used to be looking much different. It looked a lot worse. You could have rusted metal. You could have brand new steel metal. You could have cement. Where you can have like those Indiana Jones bridges, right? Where mm-hmm. it's just like rocky and cracky. <laughs> well, the rickety like wooden mm-hmm. <laughs> ropes and shit. Just sketchy. So if I had to compare that, that type of sketchy bridge would be mouth breathing, breathing too often and breathing into your chest. Mm-hmm. So this, those can feel good because they lift up some adrenaline and whatnot and give you a little boost, but uh, that's what we want to avoid throughout the day. You want to actually breathe deep into your diaphragm and your belly you want to try to breathe through your nose for an array of reasons so uh, I like to share that quote with my athletes football track whatever it is the breath is the bridge between mind and body like anything can kind of be channeled or controlled through the breath if you learn how to use it right I don't think of it as a weapon it's just like a tool it's your Mm -hmm. tool Um, so when we do warm-up laps I don't force them I just encourage them hey If you guys want to try this lap with water in your mouth it's going to force you to breathe through your nose at any point you can spit it out if you don't feel good but you could also slow down if you have to um so i have a lot of kids that still do that if not all the time occasionally they'll run a lap with the water in their mouth and they say it helps like really day to day they say they notice much more improvement with how longer they can go without kind of overdoing it Um, they say that they're breathing throughout the day can feel better or at least following track practice they say they feel their stomach more when they breathe because you kind of have to mm-hmm. and uh they say it helps when they run their 400s to breathe through their nose more how long's a 400s one lap one lap yeah. one lap that one, one, one is that the
0: mfr of all the <laughs> say um the events at a track meet because that's you're not holding anything back that is just one lap set your hair on fire and go for it
1: yeah I'm. yeah it's, or it's, are there it's, any worse i would say it's the four pretty much everybody will tell you the four but when you get like to the olympic level and the collegiate level they'd say the eight because they're just so they're so like next level in that like kind of type 2b muscle fiber that's built for a little longer endurance like Mm -hmm. they're running close to what those 400 meter guys are running for two laps so that
0: is insane it's hard
1: to say that that's not the hardest when they're running at that same pace and you watch them after they're all just like
0: There's nothing left.
1: dead. You know, 400s, even the world records, like, they're tired as hell after, but they recover a little quicker than the 800 guys. But I would say for high school, 400 for sure.
0: What's, like, some of the fastest times you've seen, like, a high
1: schooler do for a 400? So for boys, um, I guess the record here was, I think, probably Connor Butts with, like, a I want to say he might have broken 50. Like, if you break 50, like... Are you kidding me? I think so. He was between 49 and 51. My personal best was a 52. I hated it. I could have probably been really good at it, but I didn't want to do it. Just burn and hurt too much? Yeah. My dad was a good 400 runner. Like, back in the day, he ran, like, uh, fifty. Two fifty three, which was really good mm-hmm. at the time for a high schooler. Yeah. Now the world record's like forty three something, dude. It's ridiculous. Is it crazy
0: seeing how like athletes were solid back in the day, somewhat I don't know, better, tougher. But just seeing how athletes have evolved over the decades. Just c- say comparing basketball athletes to say Jordan's era or whatever in the eighties, nineties. Mm-hmm. The games, the games themselves have changed a little bit, but that the sheer athleticism, they're freaks of nature it's like how is it possible for them to like elevate and stay elevated to be as fast to be as coordinated even in the nfl too mm-hmm. how are you supposed to keep up with that are you supposed to keep up with this 350 pound lineman who's running the you can run that 52 right. po- 40 probably or probably you
1: probably could i mean that's harder for him being such a big body it's already so impressive that that dude ran a four or five something just insane how he was moving um for someone of that big of a frame to try to do a full lap, though, it's much harder. That'd be tough. That'd be really <laughs> tough. Um, he the could probably still do a really good time, though. But, um, you know, it's crazy just, like, one generation what can happen. Like, if, if you know, for me, like, my dad was is about six foot, and my mom's 5'3", so I'm 5'11", which mom's is pretty... Mom's 5'3"? Yeah. Tiny little thing. Like, she says, like, just under 5'4", but 5'3", for sure. I'll give it to and her. So... <laughs> I'm glad I'm five eleven because it would have it could have been like as low as five eight, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, if just say my mom was five seven, I'm easily a six footer with the potential to be six foot three. So that- nowadays, you just have so many more people that are like, you know, just think of like college athletes that meet going to college, a football player that's like, oh yeah, six six to six eight, and then you have a a basketball player who's. Easily over uh, a female basketball player, softball player, whatever. Absolutely. Easily over six foot. That's a monster right there in height. He You're could just breeding
0: these Viking children.
1: And I'm not gonna lie, like people actually, that is a thing that people have done. Like there's guys that quest out to seek a woman of a certain height that's an athlete, so they can have athlete childs. And I'm sure that's what the uh, the ball brothers. Oh God. <laughs> the dad. Yeah.
0: Lavar, that wild man. There's hunting studs, though, <laughs> to go 3-for-3. Three three. Uh, the Gronkowskis, mm-hmm. the Watts. Yep. Just look at these stud studly families that just, they breed greatness, they breed mm-hmm. champions. The Mannings, I don't know if they're the biggest and strongest, but, I mean, there's something in that type of athleticism to where they're able to play at that next
1: level. They got a nephew right now that's going crazy. He's the number it's, one recruit oh, nation. Arch Manning? Yeah, yeah. He's going crazy. Um, I think throwing is something that can be genetically... Like, kind of, it can be in there genetically. Mm-hmm. You know, throwing is, like, a big part of our human evolution and our success in hunting and stuff like yeah. that. So, some people might have had more exposure to throwing over many, many, many generations. So, maybe they just, like, they were just chucking spears a hundred yards to kill boar and stuff. there's, like, oh, there's just two cavemen then. just, like, <laughs> commentating,
0: oh, look at, oh, just perfect spiral. Just, <laughs> like, Touchdown. just right through the head killed the, killed the saber-toothed tiger. Uh, it's funny like your your quote was awesome about uh, the breath being the bridge between mind and body it's so there's so many philosophies around just breathing and it's something that we do subconsciously and to control it kind of since we don't think about it, when we do start thinking about it it's a game changer it could mm-hmm. change your mood as if like you're raised just taking say 10 10 deep breaths or mm-hmm. something what what do you have, like, a personal philosophy on breath of how one should do it just to be more acknowledge, respect it more, acknowledge it more? It just seems like you're very in tune with
1: what breathing can do for us. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that, you know, kind of goes into more of, like, Ayurvedic proverbs was that, like, yogis, um, some yogis, not all, believed that we were given a set amount of breaths in our lifetime, and that to immediately enhance longevity was to just slow your breath down and they thought that whether it was like by fate or just by keeping yourself healthy that breathing slower it it made you make better decisions which kept you out of harm Mm -hmm. more than likely and (laughs) just breathing slower has so many other health benefits to it but breathing slower would give you more life Um, you know
0: that makes so much sense it seems like such (laughs) a
1: simple concept but that absolutely makes sense have you heard of the book called the breath it's it's a longer title it's like the lost art and science of healing or something like that by james Nestor. Mm-mm. he was the guy that was on rogan called he's like the breath guy he was pretty good He's he's really informative he's done lots of diving into stuff from the past but his whole summary with that book is essentially that we need to nose breathe and minimize and just try to eliminate mouth breathing from our just agenda
0: what's the benefit of say nose because I try I've heard that the nose hairs helps filter out whatever ickiness is out there or what have you but what is it about nose and the nose out the mouth that is so preferable
1: so much so those hairs help with keeping things from getting further down and eventually mucus can en- engulf it and it can get brought into your stomach and emulsified by stomach acid or you could blow your nose and get it out mm-hmm. so it just helps it from getting to where your throat is and getting respiratory and throat infections and sinus infections. Mm -hmm. It also heats the air. So when you heat air, it's going to create more flow of movement for like mucus. Um, when we breathe through our nose, we have specific receptors, nerve receptors that stimulate nitric oxide production. And so literally breathing through your nose stimulates nitric oxide, breathing through your mouth, shuts it down. What is nitric
0: oxide doing for us?
1: Nitric oxide, primarily it's gonna increase circulation, increase vascularity, help everything flow better, get that blood flowing. More veiny, Mm -hmm. some Ronnie Coleman shit. Yep.
0: Where did you learn all this stuff? You're just kind of like this encyclopedia of just health, wellness, exercise. I mean, we've done a couple articles together for the Winners Express. Shout out the Winners Express.
1: Shout out Winners Express,
0: (laughs) It's Is this just research you've done over the years?
1: Uh, It's. Just I can't help but tell you're a little passionate about this <laughs> stuff. A little bit. Um, It all kind of began, I guess, my eighth grade year I played football. That got me back into sports after, like, a hiatus of being a skater and a little punk kid. Oh, there you go. And then, so I got back into, like, having structure in sports. And then I really just wanted to get bigger. Because I was, like, always fast. But, like, I was the smallest kid. I was five foot two and, like, 115 pounds Damn. in eighth grade. And... So I really just kind of looked up things about training, like how do I get stronger, bigger. Um, I trained like Bruce Lee a lot, like basically isometrics, take towels, pull them apart. Mm-hmm. I did sprints because I didn't like distance running. So thank God I did that. It yeah. helped. But... Were you all sprints when you did track and field? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I did high jump and long jump, but mainly sprints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, And then I just I, I just got really... I started diving in tough to asking questions. I had a cousin who was a strength and conditioning coach. I had a mentor who's like a friend. He's basically like my uncle, but he's a family friend who did powerlifting competitions. So he taught me a lot about powerlifting. Once I got into old school iron in Vacaville, have you ever heard of it?
0: Uh, no, I'm not.
1: Okay, well, he, he <laughs> actually was like a part owner in the beginning with them. And then he eventually had to leave because of work. But as, as they're making this gym, as it's starting out, Uh, I was working out on the platforms and he was showing me how to deadlift and stuff so I got a good feel for training and I wanted to learn more so I mean for years in high school it was just like looking up bodybuilding forums like T Nation Catalyst Athletics there was this one called Anabolic Minds which majority of what they recommended was like steroids and stuff and cycles just just a little bit and once I saw that because I was never about that I've always seen steroids as consequential, not beneficial in any mm-hmm. means. Like, it, to me, it's like a light bulb just popping eventually. You don't get that natural production anymore, and it's done. And Look at Ronnie unhealthy. Coleman, man. That like, it's wrecked.
0: just, I, to live that I mean, he's still lifting, of course, but it's just to see even, people don't even live that long because of steroids, say they get a bubble in the needle, or mm-hmm. they go crazy and get <laughs> tossed in jail. Or the worst, do you know who Chris Benoit was? A like professional oh. wrestler, just... Off to his family and himself, oh, that, just a that guy, crazy yeah. roid rage that ha- like he, like his blood levels were just off the charts of just how much was in his system, which is super unfortunate. But say that type of athleticism to maintain that body image, mm-hmm. it's like how do you not use steroids to do that? Or <laughs> if you wanted to be a Mr. Olympia, how, it's like you have to use steroids to get to that next level. Yeah, that that look is, eating
1: that look is really. Unless someone puts decades in and starts young and, you know, like, really is just super disciplined. I think people can look close to that. Like, not a lot of people are going to be able to get over 204. I mean, it all depends on your height, too. But, like, Mm -hmm. 240 pounds of muscle frame is hard without a long time of dedication towards it. Whereas steroids, and the interesting thing with steroids is, like, they don't actually just make you bigger they just really help you recover faster so Mm -hmm. you can train more often so like they still got to do all that work that goes into it they're working out three times as much but you're you're
0: just burning your body out mm -hmm. quicker when it's
1: one of the big oh. things that people don't think about is the heart tends to overgrow. So a lot of them get hearts that are four times the size of what it should be, and it just stops, and it's a horrible death because they just choke on their blood. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. So if there's any, so don't do legal. steroids, huh? Yeah, don't do steroids. Don't do it. You
0: won't make it to the Hall of Fame either.
1: Right. They'll get you. <laughs> but, like, anabolic minds was, like, something I looked up. Basically, one thing I was also interested in as a freshman was, like, how do I get taller? Like, how do I maximize my height potential? And how does one do that? How does one do that? Is there a way right? And ultimately, there was some decent advice on a forum that said, like, well, in the body, what makes you grow is typically human growth hormone, it converts to insulin growth factor one. And then that leads to bone lengthening. And there's a set limit of how much you can grow. It typically falls between two and four inches. So you put in your parents height, Mm. it'll give you an estimate, but that doesn't mean it's set. It means you could be Two to four inches under or over that height, typically. So I really wanted to try to be six foot because for that's a the lot benchmark, of benchmark though, if it feels <laughs> like
0: six foot these days.
1: Because uh, you know, for me it was like with football. Because if I was interested in wanting to maybe do football after high school or some sport, like nobody wants a guy that's under six foot. That's what you kept hearing. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely broken past that belief now. Like there's plenty of guys. Look at Wes Welker. Look at, at some of
0: the freak a- like athletes who are under six foot and are just killing it.
1: mm-hmm So, like, they basically just gave a list of things. They said, like, you know, sleep is where 90% of your human growth hormone is secreted. So, I'm like, okay, sleep. Like, what do I need to know else about sleep? Like, well, it's important to not eat right before bed because it's released in the beginning. So, you typically should give yourself at least 90 minutes, but sometimes as much as two hours to digest before going to bed. So, you can really optimize the human growth hormone output, Mm -hmm. which is also known as, like, the longevity hormone, the beauty hormone. Uh, it's really good for our bodies, um, and so I also looked at you know minimizing my carbs, which wasn't necessarily the best thing. I needed those at the time, mm-hmm. so I was like really strong, really cut, but I was not getting bigger muscle-wise like I wanted. But saw other benefits. So then I also started getting into like taking individual amino acids on an empty stomach. I would do that before bed. You can take things like arginine, lysine, glutamine um ornithine these are all things that you pretty much can take in conjunction with each other too Mm -hmm. and combining them leads to typically more increase so that was something i did throughout high school for that specific purpose of trying to just make sure I optimize it, and uh, do you saw results and everything? I mean, you're not 5'2 anymore. Not five two, that's no, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, uh, two years ago I broke a foot, and I still wasn't done growing. Mm. But that doesn't mean like I have another inch. I probably have like that much, much. left, like, hey, little. You ready for take? Care, take everything you can get. So like, even at like 23, my growth plates weren't done yet. Mm. So they can actually stay open for some people as long as 28. But i'm hoping
0: for 32 i still like yeah. i'm the shortest one in my family other like, <laughs> than my mom but she might hit gross spurt at 60 that uh that one i forget the guy's name it was on rogan but that that uh episode they did talking about asleep uh-huh. scared scared me to get at least seven hours every night anything less of just how beneficial it is for you and just how much our body needs to sleep
1: I would have been his poster boy back in high school. I mean, I, how many I was, hours were
0: you? What, what was your high school? How little did you sleep when you're? No, I mean, like rising? I would have
1: been like a good example for him because I was sleeping. I was in bed by eight thirty every night. To in high school, nine thirty max. Like I didn't want to. If there was anything involved with going out during the week, I was like, nah, it's gonna mess with my sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really was. If I can compare now, where I'm savage, not as good at sleeping as I was, or committed, and I do other things like you know drink some beers occasionally, and mm-hmm. throw it off. Like that was like a drug back then, like the sleep, it was sleep. Like I would wake up so euphoric. I couldn't sleep past nine hours unless I had some crazy football game and a powerlifting session. Like my body was just so kind of regimented to go to sleep at 830 to 930 and wake up at 7, like no later. I didn't want to sleep in. Yeah, yeah. I, would for, I, I thought it was bad, too. Like, I thought I should sleep more because I have friends that can sleep till, like, 3.
0: Because they're staying up till, right. like three. <laughs> That's
1: just. But some people can
0: just sleep more. I think some people's bodies also are just... No, some people only need that three hours of sleep. Arnold Schwarzenegger has uh, sleep faster to mm-hmm. get more stuff done in the day. But if you're half-cocked, if you're half-sailed trying to get stuff done because
1: you don't have enough sleep...
0: You're killing yourself. Yeah, I'm totally
1: not with that motto of like sleep less, get more done. Like when when you can compare what three nights of getting eight hours of sleep is compared to one night of five hours, like, oh, my God, like I would take one of those eight hour days over three of those five hour days Mm -hmm. any day. I feel better. I'm more productive. I want to do things more it's not like just like I have to and it's just so nice to be able to wake up and not feel like you have to stay in bed Mm -hmm. that's a unique feeling it's
0: great like mentally you're not because you're also mentally exhausted you're physically tired and then you're just telling yourself oh I'm just dog shit today Mm -hmm. I can't do anything else as good as I can I think it definitely affects you psychologically at least at least for me I'm talking to myself yeah (laughs) I've just anything less than seven hours just oh fuck me. Can't do it. R- Lying a little too much on coffee. <laughs> is, but. Nice little cat nap in the afternoon, though. Are you, are you a nap fan? Sometimes. A little, um, little 20 minutes. Only little, little if something?
1: I get a bad night's sleep, I'll aim for a small one. Because there are... It seems like there's not a lot of evidence that shows whether it's bad or good. It seems like short naps of 15 to 30 minutes are mm-hmm. better. Whereas, like, if you take a two-hour nap, it can really throw you off.
0: Fuck that. That's <laughs> gonna,
1: that will completely
0: throw off the rest of the day, right?
1: Yeah. I take in like, I mean, I always feel good after them and it doesn't throw off my sleep that much that night. So I'll sleep and like, if I have a free time, I'll usually try to sleep. Sometimes I'll meditate and if it leads to me getting tired, I'm like, all right, I'll take that okay. sign. why not I'll go do it. Just going with it. Mm-hmm. I will say when I don't drink coffee though, like coffee has a big crashing effect and caffeine yeah. in general has a big uh, crashing effect. like. Coffee actually makes me want to take naps because I'm done by like 10 or 11 drinking it. Mm -hmm. And if I stop, then that's what leads to a good crash. And then nap time. Yeah.
0: And then I just, I'm trying to wean myself because I would go in the past C4 in the morning just to Mm -hmm. get going, get ready. And then I'll be, that crash will happen around noon. A little coffee will fix that. I'll give my my body caffeine instead of the nap that it's begging for. Mm -hmm. But uh, sleep, we can agree, is just... That's the best kind of
1: energy yeah.
0: you can get. How much? What's your sleeping regimen these days?
1: I'm pretty good about going to bed between nine and nine thirty because I wake up at about five thirty, sometimes five, mm-hmm. like every day. So get
0: exercise in, or what, what you do in the morning? Uh,
1: morning, we do morning weights at six thirty for the football team. I do oh, that in wow, the off go. season, all so right, all right. it's great because I mean, I get to work out with them. It really holds me accountable. Uh, gets my day started earlier. I'm that more is, productive.
0: That is true. Not just doing it solo, which mm-hmm. might be a lot of people's bane when they're trying to exercise there's no one there to like hey let's go let's get it instead of yourself when you might not always be there for yourself
1: yeah and depending on the numbers like i don't i don't actually get to train that good in there i do really short snippets of exercise a lot of times like mobility and a few jump rope sets but are you just helping them out as they're as they're lifting because i can't watch a kid round his back i'm just like fuck I I and i like <laughs> after five minutes it's like I gotta warm up again so I'm always like head hunting on form and technique in there and making sure it's like spot on.
0: You can hurt yourself.
1: Yeah. Bad. Even bad.
0: basic, basic little workouts. Mm-hmm. What's uh got been me to ask you? What's it like uh coaching compared to playing? Like seeing these guys go through the experience that you've been you went through, and going from a player to a coach now, what, how's that transition been?
1: Hmm. I mean, I loved playing, like. I still think if I got bigger, like, I could play on a practice squad in a for, like, an actual yeah. football team. That's something that, like, can't leave me. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't been able to let that go. Would so, you ever, like, consider signing up, like Solano, like,
0: Solano League or something like that? Or playing for the college? And just, uh, I mean see, like, seeing where it goes?
1: I mean, like, actually trying to join an NFL practice team. Yeah, um, just walk for, on. For a season. You got to do tryouts, and, you know, they still get paid. But mm-hmm. it's no easy job. It would suck. It'd be, no doubt. But it would take your be, legs. Be, it'd be a cool experience and that would just something like that would give me more credibility if I did that but comparing playing and coaching I really like coaching I mm-hmm. I knew I was going to do it from pretty much high school on really? at some point and I got started really soon so I mean my job even outside of like coaching sports is I'm a strength coach I coach adults in various walks of life so I don't know it's just like a they're a canvas, their mind, their their body, how it performs is all a canvas, and I get to give them feedback, cues, whether it's visual, auditory, I'm describing something, it just kind of, you, once you see it click, it's addicting. You're like, yeah. how much more can we get? Because I, I have kids right now that would just be, you know, not starting by any means, like, uh, and in one session, it can just like make so much click, and they just look like a stud.
0: Are you just getting off on that? Like not in a weird way, <laughs> but just like let's go. That, that's the juice of just seeing that aha moment. Mm-hmm, for, I live for it. Yeah, yeah that's love sick. it. Um, and you knew you were gonna coach in high school as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I always knew, like, kind of watching my cousin coach me. Having so many good strength coaches, I was so blessed to have my cousin, my our family friend. That's two right there that gave me a wealth of knowledge. There was a guy we had named Butters, David Butter. Butterworth. He was just like Buff Jesus 2.0. Buff Jesus, let's fucking go. eight pack. He looked like he's like about two thirty or so. You know, and you
0: see those like Buff Jesus like pictures. He's just breaking <laughs> off the cross, just shredded.
1: You know, they've all helped me in kind of different ways. He he uh, he was just cool because he really helped me bring my ego down. He's just. Did all this oh, cool? He did all this cool shit with jumping on boxes, lifting planes, he could plank like 250 for a minute, and he just had to stack what? the plates on him. And I really embody his kind of style, what he taught me now, I, I could give that a lot to him.
0: Were you a little arrogant in high school, or a little, get a little cocky with what you could do?
1: No, not in that sense. I was never cocky, or like, um... Or he kept I you was, from
0: getting too cocky. Kept you he, humble with the workouts. Yeah,
1: I guess all you could say, like, how men tend to, like, be very hard on themselves more than anything. You know, men aren't – they don't give themselves enough credit sometimes. Sometimes they give them too much credit. But that's, like, <laughs> what we usually think of as ego. But we could be, like, really self-destructive and down on ourselves about certain things. Absolutely. And he really brought me into, like, just being more holistic in health. Never saw him get mad or angry. So he was always just super calm and collected. And that's when I started to try to embody – more of that calm and collected feeling, you know, not being offended by things too is a big thing. Like they would say goofy shit all the time about his like, uh, I don't know, his style of workouts, which to me I thought was kind of rude, but he would just like rub it off. Be like, all right, well, whatever. <laughs> and so, you guys. yeah, he was a cool dude. Put me on to a lot of good game for nutrition, mobility, exercising with good quality, really trying to like look at the things I'm weak at and fix those. Cause you know, like you're only as strong as your weakest link type mm-hmm. thing.
0: People have taken, uh, it sounds like you can take constructive criticism, which is something that's people like, oh, you're you're being mean or you're trying to downplay me or something like that, when in reality, sometimes people are just trying to help mm-hmm. and sincer- being very sincere about it. Right. And uh, just the way you kind of, from the sense I get of how you're approaching mental and physical wellness, it reminds me of my buddy John, who was a trainer in Runner Park when I lived it, over in Sonoma. Mm-hmm. and what he would do before even the first training session ask him what's going on in your life what are your stressors what do you what's what's plaguing your mind and unlock what's going on mentally because it coincides so so hand in hand with the physical wellness mm-hmm. like if i miss a day exercising I'm like oh, i'm feeling feel a little bit fatter or just whatever just it just sounds like you really hone in on mental emotional and physical wellness because it's all we're wrapped up all in it in the same and I don't know. There's nothing like some endorphins to mm-hmm. pick you up after a bad day.
1: Right. Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah, I ask my clients a lot how they slept. Um, you know, did they sleep good? Did they sleep poorly? Because that'll dictate how I train them. Mm-hmm. If I had like a heavy deadlift session or something planned and they got a poor night's sleep, then it doesn't mean we don't have to do deadlifts, but we're not going to go as heavy. Right. We don't need to whelm up your nervous system.
0: Just chop them full of C4 or some, some, <laughs> some jack. People call it jack 3D. You call it jack 3D or
1: jacked? I just called it jacked. I remember yeah. that old formula. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: The first time I took it, I remember seeing tunnel. I think they still had meth inside of it or whatever. <laughs> so tunnel. Like it. And I was itching. Like, this is amazing. I'm like, Super Saiyan. The closest mm. I've ever felt. <laughs> do you do any pre-workout or just, just straight do. adrenaline?
1: I do. Uh, sometimes. Not that often. I've become... As I've gotten off of caffeine more, I've kind of develop more like that sensitivity to it again somehow like I just start to notice I feel better without doing a bunch of caffeine yeah I try to cut my limit which is still pretty high to like three or four hundred milligrams max that's a high day Mm 200 is like an average 100 would be light so occasionally yeah I'll do pre-workout if I wanted to lift heavy I'll do pre-workout the um, stuff that makes you itchy in pre-workout is called beta-alanine and it's amino acid Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not like some crazy lab formulated okay. compound uh, a lot of the athletes that take it they think it's like the caffeine And I'm like well no if it was a caffeine you'd feel that when you drink Red Bull or coffee or anything yeah it's beta-alanine and it's in a really high dose you'd never really see that in food you'd never get that effect you'd have <laughs> you to start
0: eat. itching while you're eating like something something's to wrong to eat, like, with my produce goat.
1: 20 pounds of fish or something like that and you, you would probably die at that, that point.
0: would be uh, just wild if everything was like making you itch or mm-hmm. whatever they're just like oh that's I'm s- a super athlete now I'm itching because I'm just that powerful or got the pre-workout shits though like give me a few minutes once I get that done I'm able to like hone in and just get a <laughs> solid lift but I know it's coming every yeah
1: time. uh so I don't know what that tends to be it could be food coloring and pre-workouts that does that uh I don't know if caffeine has any specific effect on that as well coffee gets me every time yeah they still don't know why coffee does that. I think it's just acids or oils in it that your body's like, what the fuck? Hey, what is this? Get it out of here. <laughs> um, but that beta-alanine stuff is actually um, really beneficial for fast twitch development. Mm-hmm. Like, I took that in high school for sprinting, and I can say it is really effective if you take it over a long period, like six weeks. It helps increase carnosine storage in your body, which is what we primarily use for, like, explosive sprints, you know? Mm-hmm. So.
0: Would, is it a cheating? Would you say if an athlete takes pre-workout, say a scoop of C4, chugs it and then gets ready for their 400? No, is no that no, kind of no. is that no,
1: you're good. No. And I think like taking beta-alanine alone is something I would recommend over C4. Like mm-hmm. there's actually no proof that caffeine necessarily helps short-distance sprinters. There is some slight benefits for like distance runners because it helps them with their focus and concentration. For the most part, sprinters get too jittery off all the caffeine, and they mm-hmm. freak out, and their heart rate's so high that they start to hold back. It's. it's like I know I did out. that once. <laughs>
0: no, fuck, I'm just, I don't know, I like, would kind of take my mind off of, like, okay, am I going to die, or is it time to race? <laughs> or just give get people a beta alanine and just let the placebo effect take take hold. Okay, this is doing XYZ for me, even though it might not really. Yeah. I don't know. Placebo is crazy. That might be a podcast for another day of just oh, yeah, the mind's thought... control over what we're capable of. Didn't quite get to Wim Hof too much because it's time for the off-the-cuff section. Off-the-cuff, off-the-cuff section. The cuff, it's just ten random questions. Ten, <laughs> ten random questions. May or follow. may not have anything to do. I'm trying to keep the podcast for like an hour these days because before I'd go in like two, three-hour just randomness or whatever, and I don't know if I have the clout that Joe Rogan has to hold somebody's <laughs>
1: attention for two hours. So, I mean, he's on mushrooms and weed and shit. He can do anything for like five hours and probably just keeps looking at the ceiling and getting some thoughts yeah, generated. absolutely. <laughs>
0: I like how inquisitive he is. And like, just the sheer amount of guests he has. From Wim Hof, there was like a random guy that Skyler told me about, um, this Indian fellows, talking about helping the earth and tilling soil more naturally because we're just killing it. We're killing the earth. Newsflash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just over overcropping. We're not taking care of the soil. It's taking care of us. So it's... We'll get there. We'll be all right. We'll be, we'll be there. We'll, we'll be all right. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, next, next one, we still have so much to talk about. Wim Hof, breathing. I wanted to get like more sports psychology, which I think we did, but mm-hmm. we'll bookmark it. Bookmark for sure. it. This won't be the last time around the pod. Fuck yeah. Sounds baby. good. So, um, off the cuff. So what is your go-to order at Oceans?
1: Uh, just straight chow mein. I love their chow mein. Just like, everything. just the beef chow mein. Yeah. Be-
0: Ooh, yeah. I've never tried beef. I've only gotten chicken chow mein.
1: I could smack down noodles, so I'd love to get a big thing of uh, chow mein. You there. a ramen fan at all? Like the thick ramen noodles, not the bag one that you microwave?
0: Yeah, uh, I am. I like those a lot. They go hard. Noodles are delicious. <laughs> delicious. And uh, not really, uh, <laughs> is chow mein Chinese spaghetti or a spaghetti Italian chow mein? Mmm. Who stole them from who? Because they're kind of feel like they're, they're cousins. They're related. I think it's China China
1: was around before Italy. Oh, totally. man, I don't know. I don't... Rome was in Italy, so I don't know. Uh, I, I would have to go, I have no with, idea. I'm gonna go with China with all the Chinese medicine I am yeah. into. I'm going to say Italians took it. There you go. Absolutely. They Tip- can have their pizza.
0: Typical Italian. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep your pizza. Keep the chow mein. Uh, if, anybody, if you could race against anybody, who would it be? Say a 400. Hmm. Oh, in a 400? Yeah. Oh, Maybe man. a clone of yourself or something? Hmm. That would be cool. Anybody. Oh, man. Winner gets to survive. It's only something you two know about. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm going to
1: pick someone I can beat. Uh, <laughs> um, Dr. Davis? No. Nah. What if he
0: comes out of nowhere? He's just a savage on the He'd
1: on the probably beat now. me in an 800, though. Yeah. Dan, <laughs> <laughs> Who would I want to race? Um, yeah, I guess a clone of myself. In- That'd be pretty sweet. In college. I'd wanna race my college self versus yeah. my high school self. Let's see where you're at
0: now mm-hmm. compared comparatively. That'd be pretty cool. Or like say on video games you do a race and you're going against a ghost of like a past track mm-hmm. whatever on Gran Turismo. That'd, that'd be sick. pretty that'd be sick to
1: be. be you might see that on the meta now, right? Oh my god, the meta.
0: <laughs> or shame the meta, the tap won't be on the meta. <laughs> Um, so, usually I do on the off the cuff, there's a, always a one on one naked combat question. It's two people, two individuals, and then it's nothing but balls and brains, kind of like the old school wrestling from the uh, Olympics. Mm-hmm. Just greased up, it's a fight to the death. Okay. Uh, Gandalf, have to be greased up? Ga- um Hmm. That makes Maybe not already. necessary, but that would add an extra
1: little. That adds element. a lot of strategic equipment uh, you know, <laughs> to it.
0: Let's go uh, greaseless. Greaseless, Greaseless okay. for this one. So uh, we got, got grip. Dumbledore versus Gandalf. 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 Always. Yeah. I like your stuff. Yeah. That'll babe. That'll babe. I gotta go. Gandalf as well. Can't that's fight sweet. wisdom, bro. You can't. You can't do it. Andy <laughs> survives. Dumbledore doesn't survive. No. No. So that's saying something. Um, Just because I've been listening to Harry Potter on audiobook mm-hmm. the past couple couple weeks, uh, which which house in Harry Potter are you going for when you go to Hogwarts?
1: Uh, just to clarify, Dumbledore is the one with the big ass beard. Yeah, yeah, the big dude. I'm go yeah. going to his. his house. He, well, there's,
0: uh, there's, uh, G- Gryffindor, Slytherin, Ravenclaw, oh, and Hufflepuff. Oh, 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 oh. One of those. One of those.
1: Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Got the herb up in there. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
0: you can you imagine like wizarding drugs? Dude. Next level. Just they're lighting whatever at the tip of their wand. Or just... What kind that's,
1: of, that's how meth heads around certain parts feel, you know? Oh, they are literally at Hogwarts and just...
0: <laughs> like, just in San Francisco, you talk about the mind's power over the body of just mm-hmm. where those unfortunate individuals think where they're at, or if they're schizophrenic, what have you. Mm-hmm. They're not on this planet. They're
1: in a different reality. They are. It's crazy. I mean, what someone can do with their mind, man, is nuts. Like, those people that set themselves on fire and meditated. Have um, you seen that pic, that, that monk from Vietnam? That mm-hmm. is...
0: Forget what band used that as like an album cover, um, but it's just, that might Rage, be the... Was it Rage Against the Machine? I think so, okay, yeah. yeah.
1: Is that not the craziest photo you've ever seen? There was more cases of that too. That's just a really famous one. Um, yeah, they people like that meditate for decades and decades and decades mm-hmm. and just really reach a whole new world where a lot of the things we're used to just is kind of like doesn't make much sense you know just they're part of the universe he
0: might even be like outer body he might not even been there his body his vessel is taking it and he's just kind of sitting there like well kind of a spectral Mm -hmm. spirit there's one class I took in college it was cultural this and that I forget the name but there's this guy came in and he talked about this outer body experience he had when he was in college he went to sleep and then he was out kind of floating over the town and he went into this apartment building and he saw his girlfriend cheating on him and so the next day they meet up and he's like, he was so excited that he had that experience. He called her out. He's like, hey, this this happened. She, she couldn't even deny it. She had no clue how he found out what happened. And he was like, oh, by the way, we're done. He was just so juiced that he had that experience. He was like, what the hell happened? So he kind of embarked on this journey of just meditation and Zen-like mentality. But That's crazy. have you ever had any kind of meditative kind of experience like that or anything
1: mm-hmm. yeah a lot, a lot of trippy ones um yeah just a lot of times in yoga I think it's more accidental not intentional like where I'm like maybe in a cobra pose and like I accidentally hold my breath a little too locked up in that position and like it just kind of for cool maybe four to ten seconds it's just like you literally feel like you're hovering over your body not like I'm seeing any visuals or anything just like it feels as if there's an entity above me that's part Hmm. of me I mean still you you. you're like and it also feels as if like just everything spins around me for a few seconds then I'm like back to it and it's just like a crazy euphoria that follows with it and plenty of time doing like the Wim Hof during the retention I felt some good experiences one time at night I was uh Just like looking out at the moon and the clouds and I think the shapes really did form and I just was able to kind of see them in a certain way but I was doing a ton of different breathing exercises like breath of fire, Wim Hof, slow breathing, long breath holds and when I was doing just slow breathing looking up at the clouds I saw about nine different shapes and they were all animals like no shit one was a wolf one was really like a werewolf one was an elephant one was a mouse one was a deer and then one was a bear and then the rest i don't remember but those specific ones i remember i could see like signs in it too if i really want to make make them up yeah absolutely I, I thought it was just trippy that this one cloud kept forming into 13 different things right in front of me it just kept morphing in front of you exactly and just,
0: just sitting there observing and being present with it mm-hmm and that is trippy High on your own supply, it's just your breathing. And do you ever, do you ever get self-conscious if you're around other people? Breath of, breath of fire. is just, it's, it seems so violent almost. If mm-hmm. anybody else is around, like, is this guy freaking out or something? Do you, do you ever do it around other people, or are you usually just kind of no. like on your own? Yeah.
1: I um I just breathe calmly throughout people. You uh, no one would probably notice it, but like you know, most of the time I'm actually squeezing my stomach like my abs are tight right now and i'm mm-hmm. like there's no air in my body really right now but when i let go of this like i didn't try at all to breathe in i just let go and it so a lot of the times the only type of breathing focus i have when i'm with people is just exhaling fully getting all of it out cuz we tend to hold some in mm-hmm. and then just relax let it come back in breathe into my stomach and breathe through my nose so i just i, I really try to monitor like mouth breathing try to avoid that mm-hmm. But no specific breathing methods that I'm doing while I'm with people.
0: Are you like conscious of it or is it just so natural at this point of
1: just... I'm conscious of it, yeah. Holding
0: holding in and then... Because it's so many people are, I think are used to just going to the chest and that's it. But to feel it down here, to balloon up in your stomach is more... How is there a difference between when we breathe in? I thought it all just went to our lungs. But you can definitely feel your diaphragm expanding. Mm-hmm. And if you put a conscious effort into it, I guess. Take a big, deep breath. Absolutely. Like, what is that? How are we able to breathe in our stomach rather than our lungs, our chest?
1: A lot of different exercises. You know, in the beginning, I, I doubted myself if I actually did it right until I went to a yoga class and they, like, complimented the breath. And I was like, okay. I mean, Ooh. it felt good, so I figured, but we have this way of doubting ourselves. One thing that helps a lot, I think the most helpful way is to lay on your back and you take a weighted object that's not like breakable like maybe like that small box there or a remote or a wallet with a little sword don't stab yourself with it though (laughs) so if you lay on your back your stomach will face gravity in the ceiling and you get to just feel some slight bit more weight going Mm -hmm. against gravity versus how i'm sitting now so that just gives you like awareness like um, sensory proprioception it gives you awareness through touch and i usually put that object on there it could be A yoga block or a weight I'll I'll use weights and do it too but you just lay there and squeeze your stomach and get the air to go out and then relax it let it fill naturally as it starts to run out continue to push it like you're breathing deep into the hip area here and then that's a really good way to bring awareness to it and then that's something I would do like five minutes a day just to get it down it became more subconscious I'll also take strings and I'll tie it around my stomach, like Mm -hmm. a piece of floss or yarn. So like I squeeze my stomach, I tie it fairly, you know, loose. But that way every time I breathe I can feel it going into the string and I'll notice the times that it doesn't, it starts to drop. Mm -hmm. So the big differences of why it's like better to breathe deep versus up here is when you breathe like this, you're using like a muscle. So the, the diaphragm is this. Balloon like structure that we want to be able to get to expand. So that's like a bag or a balloon. It's yeah. expansive. Your rib cage is like a box, so it's much more limited. It's not going to be able to keep expanding over time and stretch. So this gives you more kind of accessibility for a bigger breath. Mm-hmm. So when you breathe through your stomach, you now can squeeze it and get it all out, but you can now breathe deeper in. When I fill up down here, this pressure actually pushes my lungs up really so this is what actually helps lift the lungs and a lot of people if they keep an open chest and just do that to their fullest ability with their stomach it can start to hurt their lungs it doesn't really hurt mine but like in the beginning especially with people that smoke like it's going to be like whoa that kind of hurts a little but it's almost like a good stretch are we in supposed a way. to
0: have our lungs raised it should no, be right?
1: more like they collapse like this whether through posture or chest breathing oh, sh- these so, postures
0: i gonna say are miserable these
1: days, and that's a hard one to try to like that. You really just gotta work on pulling your shoulders back and mm-hmm. keeping your ribs open so they have more freedom. But um, when people breathe up in here all the time, whether it's through your no- nose or mouth, like that's where your heart is. So now you're kind of overwhelming it a little bit more. You're mm-hmm. giving it more pressure than it needs to work with. Um, you're making all the intercostal muscles, which are the inner rib muscles, on the front, the sides, the back, scalenes, your traps, all those muscles now have to work. You have way more muscle involvement for just one breath. So they're all working. We have to shrug up. It's a big cause of neck tension and <clears> shoulder <throat> tension. So you have to work so much harder to breathe like this versus dropped, squeeze, breathing down and out, and then pushing in and up to put it out.
0: It is crazy how it's not just breathing, there's mm-hmm. so much connected to it. Yeah. That is wild, I didn't even think about half the
1: stuff here. <laughs> so and you, just, you also have lower lung receptors of the nervous system. If you think about half of the bottom lungs being blue and the other half being red, like this is very stimulating and this is very calming. Mm-hmm. Like we, really, we literally release different endorphins by breathing on this half versus this half here. A lot of adrenaline. Mm-hmm. If someone takes five breaths into their chest and checks their heart rate and then does five into their stomach, it'll be significantly different. Mm-hmm. Also, when you get this in here, the muscle involvement from the abs and everything squeezing creates heat. Heat rises like in everything in, in nature and in science and chemistry. So you're, now you're getting heat up through your lungs that's gonna help push phlegm and mucus out. Also increase circulation. Get some phlegm to move better up the throat. And also the nose. So sometimes in yoga practices, there's a throat lock where you kind of like tuck your chin down. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't sound perfect. Like there might be a little like raspiness in there. And that's just your throat making a small connection, not anything to worry about. Mm -hmm. But like it will get smoother and smoother. One, it gives you auditory awareness. So now you really hear your breath in and out. And that helps people slow it down because they think they're breathing in six seconds and it's really three. They're like one, two, three, four, five, six, really fast. And then closing off your epiglottis and your throat area makes an even tighter hole. So now you're getting even more heat concentration in the back of the throat and the nose. Mm -hmm. So pretty cool stuff.
0: It's hard to, because I did, uh, I was doing all right with like a YouTube kind of yoga routine and at one point, of course, fell off. But uh, the gal had us breathe in for like three seconds out three seconds and got all the way up to like eight which is to inhale for eight seconds you have to you have to put it in the gut mm-hmm. and it's it was just and then exhaling for that amount of time and hearing are kind of like this is so much longer than how we count in our head when we're breathing or trying to do it yeah it's just and then asking people to spend five minutes a day to improve themselves like you literally lay down at lunch and then spend the 25 rest of the minutes doing it mm-hmm. like breathing exercises because you know our phones we need to be on our phones <laughs> why would we breathe into our diaphragm when we can be on our phones right um
1: yeah very good and uh what is your favorite gym
0: exercise would you say
1: gym exercise specifically probably cleans some cleans yeah. Deadlifting throwing yeah. through throwing mm-hmm. through it's
0: clean so clean is just getting it up to here
1: yeah specifically like no, no, um, that's a jerk That's a jerk, yeah. Yeah. So um, a power clean is when you catch the bar like this, and your hip is anywhere from the knee and above. Mm -hmm. So you're really just trying to get the bar to travel higher with a lot of force. A clean is when you actually jump under and catch it. Like, and you you drop under the bar, and you catch it in a full squat, like full knee bend, Mm -hmm. and then stand up. So I definitely like that clean
0: you ever skin your shins your oh, a little bit, just the bars, got, got some scars, do
1: you? Eh, nothing too bad today. I mean, just like, these are from box jumps, that one was from like, I don't know, a decade ago. Anybody that's done just one ammonia salt, like, that's strong, and they'll put 20 in a bottle, shake it, and just... <laughs> It opens up your nose. You feel like it's bleeding, and you, you are just so goddamn awake. Mm-hmm. If you're not used to it, though, it can make you pass out, so it's not necessarily I feel like I would pass it. <laughs> the opposite
0: effect of what it's supposed to do. Right. Like, wake up. The computer was, like, screwing up there for a second, so hopefully people are able to okay. put it together. Nothing a little editing can't do. Um, all right. Oh, okay, okay, here's one. If you were a medieval executioner, mm. you know, what would be your specialty killing, so to speak? An axe guy? you like bash him on the head with the with the bonking stick you make him go to
1: track practice just run 400 (laughs) till you're done oh dude i'm i got that viking in my bloodline so i'm gonna have to be the blood eagle bloody oh are you a vikings fan yeah okay well well, that's another
0: podcast just that (laughs) blood eagle oh my god i could not imagine someone's gonna really
1: deserve that though you know
0: (laughs) absolutely epstein if he didn't (laughs) if he was gonna hang himself I mean, at least blood eagle himself like make it make it worth it
1: you can do it yourself you know i
0: feel i would not be able to make it about if i ever got blood eagle i'm screaming i'm squealing i'm oh, i'm going down it, it. <laughs> no, i feel like just take the axe to my face or something uh, blood eagle shit yeah. uh okay so a demigod arrives and they say cook me your best dish and if it displeases the demigod then mankind is wiped out so you're cooking what's your go-to dish What's something that you're just the best at? You're gonna please the standing god.
1: Man, chicken like, and brown rice. I feel like some gods are gonna love some liver. Some liver, like, eh? Yeah, I mean, it's what the alphas eat. It's what, it's what the, <laughs> the leader of the tribe eats. First, the most nutrient dense source. They, Eating it raw, yeah. Oh, I cook my meats. Cook up a little bit. I'll eat it raw sometimes just to test my stones, but I, I do it cooked. My stones are
0: too tiny to eat it raw. <laughs> <That's wild. laughs> it's some raw meat.
1: Uh, um, I think yeah, I would include some of that. I would make them uh, some lovely guac, you know, cilantro, Ooh. avocado, onions, lime, because who doesn't love guac? If you don't like guac, I don't S- like some you. Some
0: chips probably. on it or anything like that? Or uh, uh, sour just pro-
1: nachos? Uh, probably not. I'll just give them some steak, eggs, liver, and then some guac on the side to put on the steak, you know? I'll give you some Guac on chi- steak? Yeah. I've never tried that before. Dude, really good. Yeah? Really good. Do yeah. a little Chipotle or, a, I don't know, Tex-Mex style on the steak, and you, then guac dipping it.
0: You a spicy guy at all? You like a little spice on your your steak
1: uh yeah i do a little bit mm. uh there's there's some things i like buffalo style spices but i don't like i don't like that ghost pepper shit that's ghost too pepper. much i never really
0: tried that's a little too spicy for me I'll i don't find s- any s- flavor in it either <laughs> s- sriracha is probably something i'm like that's a go-to on lunch like chicken or whatever just adds just enough lets me know it's there but it's not going to destroy me. Mm-hmm. A little spice, I think, go a long way.
1: I think salsa's really healthy for you, too. Like, all the mm-hmm. salsas we have at all our local restaurants, like, oh, that's yeah. good shit. It's like a smoothie. Absolutely, yeah. a
0: Mexican <laughs> smoothie. It's um, better than, because I don't have ketchup nearly as often. I only have ketchup on my eggs, but it's just been salsa, but when I do go back to ketchup, just the sugar overload. Like, holy crap, mm. like, what's in this shit? <laughs> it's straight sugar. Sugar and tomatoes. Um, what was your best subject in high school? What was your
1: your go-to weights Weights? definitely say that um i really like stark's class though he had some psychology uh, not psychology i didn't get to do that i just liked his history class that was cool yeah i like i like like stark a lot i like getting a debate and all that stuff and just learn interesting topics so Mm -hmm. i'd say that one was probably my favorite i wasn't that good in science math i was all right
0: were you sold in uh in front of the class presentations with the group just Mm. Pointing out stuff on the, the poster you guys put together. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah.
1: I remember back in high school, I was a ama- I was pretty much a mouth breather all the time. So like, <laughs> I remember when I got up in there, I would be all nervous and like, my breath would be like limited and he- locked it's up and all shit. All the chest. Yeah. Know, you're not
0: doing it well. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh, what you kind of answered this one earlier. I was gonna say, what is your uh, book recommendation for anybody?
1: Mm. One, I got a lot.
0: The, the breath one. Uh, Do you have a couple that
1: might like, rattle off. Shit, I'll probably name at least ten. So, The Breath by James Nestor, and there's more to the title than just The Breath, but mm-hmm. I forget the rest. Um, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Um, the Mind by Yogi Bajan. That's, he's got some interesting history to him. Sounds like a guy note. with a huge wiener. <laughs> Yogi Bhajan. Absolutely. Yeah, he's 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 gotten into some shit. I won't compliment him too much, but mm-hmm. I think his his description of yoga is like, damn, dude, and the mind in general. Spot on. Mm-hmm. He uh, and and then what else? Let's see. Uh, the Art of Worldly Wisdom by Art of Worldly Wisdom. And this is by a guy named Balthasar Gracián, and this guy lived in fifteen or sixteen hundred um, Spain, España. espana back then it's actually kind of got similarities to modern times it's a very advanced society they have a strong military strong leadership people are free there's economic classes so i find a lot of the stuff he says in that still really true Mm -hmm. my favorite quote from that it's a snippet of one the envious person dies not once but as often as their rivals live in applause. when so I heard that. Ooh. I was like, damn.
0: It's good not to be a hater. It's mm-hmm. good not just to I hate to keep going back to rug him, but what his mindset or his parents of truly being grateful. When somebody turns up, when somebody succeeds, be grateful for them. Mm-hmm. Be happy that they're succeeding. Because what kind of friend are you if, say, your buddy or someone succeeding and you're sitting there silently like in the back of your mind, you're like, fuck this guy, why isn't it me? Like you're a dick. Like it's be so much better to just be truly happy for them. Yeah, and yeah, that's a little more freeing. I'd say. One, you did mention Bruce Lee earlier. One of the quotes I love from him is just be water. Be water, my, my friend. My friend. Yeah. Flow.
1: I love actually sitting by bodies of water to really observe that saying in its act. You know, like watching it flow. It can freeze. It can be solid. It can move. It can, it can carve through rock with persistency. Mm-hmm. Just yeah it's a great element to try to it'll, embody it'll go
0: around it but sooner or later that rock is gone mm-hmm. no, I, I love that any fiction books fiction Anything books.
1: silly i actually don't read any fiction books i only yeah. i only read uh stuff that's like in relation to the body like i read a bunch of stuff about zen proverbs um chinese medicine Ayurveda. um that's like my main stuff i like to just kind of learn with it i like there's this other book called boundless by ben greenfield that's like you got to be really geeked out on on fitness stuff if you read that book for sure (laughs) um man other than that um oh actually there's another small book i got at the davis library it's called um the yoga bible at first i'm like "Ah, what is this shit really in it's actually pretty cool. It gives a really good short description of like the the eight limbs of yoga, the eight laws and principles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The origin of yoga and how it was practiced and whatnot. And so that was more, a... more
0: appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. That yeah. book better be not be hardcover. Better be soft. It's, it's like yoga. it's like
1: this small and yeah, it's like foldable. All right, mm-hmm. I like that. Very yeah, you good. fit it in your backpack. And That's uh, it for books, I think.
0: there's a solid recommendations. Just you. helping the self, mm-hmm. help the soul, and uh, just because. Out around here, we got peacocks, we got quails, I got ravens up there. This badass birds. What is your favorite bird? For the, mm. for the ultimate off the cuff question. I think bald eagles are pretty damn cool. They're solid. Uh, How can you beat a turkey gobble though?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Barbara, like they're just so silly and. Turkeys are pretty noise. damn cool too. I see so many on the back roads. Um, like just straight up gangs and mobs of turkeys. They're all over.
0: Like in Vacaville, <laughs> even uh, in town, I've seen a couple of peacocks just walking down the street.
1: What are you guys doing here? You sent your hood? I just like to picture what they're thinking and saying. Like you remember that first pilgrim? Huh? Okay. What's up? <laughs>
0: <laughs> turkeys are pretty good. Any like smaller birds? They're like hawks or I mean bald eagle. Like, I guess probably my
1: favorite is close between a peregrine falcon, the fastest bird on earth, the yeah. fastest animal on earth, and when it's dive bombing. Just... Mm-hmm and a bald eagle, just cause America. Cause and America. Small birds though, finches are pretty cool. Finch, mm-hmm. I like, uh, colorful birds. So like, there's this one finch that's like all black and just got this vibrant red spot around here. Those mm-hmm. ones are cool.
0: The little hummingbirds too. That's a just powerful color. 80, I think flaps a second hummingbirds. Oh wait, or no, just...
1: I take it back. Hummingbird. Hummingbird? fucking yeah,
0: like solid, they're shiny. Pheasants too are, you know, like their tails. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some dope ass birds out there.
1: They like really vib... Hummingbirds really vibrate your ears. I feel like that's like some Tibetan bowl type stuff right there. It's gotta be.
0: (laughs) They've just, they... I don't know, how could something so small be so powerful to just hover? Mm -hmm. Go backwards, forwards,
1: it's... It just doesn't give a shit. Like that was the first helicopter. (laughs) Pretty much.
0: (laughs) About quails, are you a quail
1: fan? Oh yeah, I love quails. (laughs) Quails are cool. It's It's like they're they're sprinting,
0: and it's like, I can fly, fuck you guys, Mm. I'm outta
1: here. (laughs) I forget they can fly too, yeah.
0: Then every so often out here, Shout out Lake Solano, we get some um, pelicans, like mm. six big beefy motherfuckers <laughs> out there just chomping them up. You can see they're dangling necks. They're huge.
1: I saw one in this creek catch a fish. Really? That's like, that was rare to see for here. I've never seen a bird catch a fish out here.
0: They're not They're not around here often, but it's, out here, walking around like the park and everything, there's a lot of wildlife. Mm. It's dope, so let's hopefully keep it green right but uh until the next time i definitely feel like we have a lot more to talk about absolutely. mind body soul yoga wim hof we'll get to it but uh sir thank you for coming on i absolutely. appreciate the knowledge thank Spittin you for having in. me man absolutely well until next time everybody go watch uh whs track and field and football absolutely let's we'll
1: yes, get but have a great day everyone no,
0: you lose good day sir <laughs>